As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Updates to Epcot Center. Halloween Horror Nights houses announced. Also, Disney Plus and some armchair imagineering. All that and more today on the We Like Theme Parks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present a spectacular festival of theme park audio commentary magic. The We Like Theme Parks podcast. Yo. Welcome, foolish mortal. Welcome, fellow theme parkers, to the We Like Theme Parks podcast, your go-to spot for news, opinions, and other nerdy fun happenings in and around the Disney and Universal theme parks. I'm Chris Bond, and I'm joined by my co-hosts to my left... Disney and Universal Insider, travel journalist, and megamind, Dustin Foos. What's up? And to my other right, uh, comedian, theme park junkie, man for all seasons, DJ, (laughs) Mark Andrada. (laughs) To your other right? To your left and then your other right. Yeah, you know, I can go go any way you need (laughs) me to go, brother. Uh, That's Mark Andrada. Oh, hi. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the We Like Theme Parks podcast. So, fellas, what's new and happening with you guys? Uh, uh. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to have some kind of like <laughs> we're doing great, like <laughs> simple, like hey, what's up? Like normally, yeah. time would have passed. No, we're yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. Hey, there's a lot happening in the world of theme parks, especially at Disney and Universal, and I guess it's time for Dustin Fuse to fill us in. Fuse with Fuse. All right, so. Um, the big news coming out is the redevelopment over at Epcot. So a little while, while back, they announced that Epcot was going to be getting a facelift for the 50th anniversary. And when you look at the concept art, one of the, the most striking things is that they're changing the entire front of the park. So Leave a Legacy is going away. Um, so the tombstones are gone. They're going to be uh, redistributing tombstones. those. That's what they call them. <laughs> 
Because well, it was funny when they originally designed Leave a Legacy, they were supposed to sell out. So they made all these, you know, different, you know, areas that people could buy and no one wanted to buy them after a certain amount of time. So they just stopped selling them. And now you have these giant tombstones that has nothing on them. So you could walk through and be like, hey, look, there's like there's some famous people who are in the little uh, the, the Leave a Legacy uh, portraits. Like I know Mike Piazza's in there. The baseball player InSync is in yeah. there. So there is like a game of finding famous people. But overall, that look just doesn't resonate with the new theme park goers. So what they're doing is fully, you know, redeveloping that entire area. And actually, as you go through um, in behind Spaceship Earth, you're also going to see interventions completely go away. So they're going to be getting rid of everything from Club Cool to Starbucks to the character meet and greets. Everything is going away and becoming redeveloped. So what they've done recently in the last week or so is they've started to go down that route. So they've changed the entrance plaza. So now when you're coming through with your car, you find your parking spot and then you actually walk around construction. So it's beginning now, here's the question. Do you think of Epcot as the original Epcot Center, the 82 version where it was all about edutainment, the mixture of education and entertainment combined, where Disney really wasn't there? There weren't Disney characters. There weren't, it was all like learning. Or do you like it now where it's IP driven from Frozen to Guardians of the Galaxy, Finding Nemo? What do you guys think? I guess the big thing for me is it felt when they launched Epcot Center, even though that it was this edutainment and it was obviously the kind of offshoot of Walt's, what is it, it um, a prototype yeah, community Epcot of tomorrow, City, yeah. Um, experimental, yeah, and uh, that like this this Uber world, like this this futuristic universe. Yeah. But it kind of to me as a kid, it was like that was Magic Kingdom's where the kids wanted to go, and Epcot Center was kind of for the parents or for the uh, young adults. Mm-hmm. Just because we were talking about a little bit more cutting edge things, things that skewed a little bit younger, or sorry, older rather. And then as it became more of uh, an experience, like these kids wanted to go to these this other park, they kind of needed to start introducing more youthful things. And I think the IP is a really easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now this is before this whole. IP gates when yeah. IPs became such a big thing. But, I mean, they introduced, you know, Figment because they wanted something that would resonate with kids. Which I actually got to meet Figment. Dude, everybody met Figment. Come Just on. saying. He Come was, on. Did, you, was wait, cool. did you meet Dreamfinder? That's the big one. I did. He's like the Pokeroo. Oh, I have pictures of me and Dreamfinder and Oh, Figment. my God. Yeah. Amazing. That's... Figment was a very hard puppet. He bit my head, and I remember being like, <laughs> that hurt a little, man. It's like, back off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go dream somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, the Dreamfinder was, I think that was a really short window where he would, him and, and the Figment would be walking around together. Yeah. But anyway, I think the, the bigger thing was just bridging to kids. Yeah. And I feel like they're still kind of doing that with the IPs. It's a lot easier with the IPs. Like, look, how many kids were wandering into Norway before being like, I want to see Norway? And now it's like, I must go to Norway. Was right? that a baby count That Dracula? was a terrible Norwegian accent. <laughs> was that what that was? I, I thought it was Transylvanian. Blah. <laughs> Come and do my frozen world. No, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you would only swing by there for like schoolhouse bread. I mean, it wasn't a big thing. But now it's 
like driving the traffic going up through the World Showcase, yeah. really, as the kind of the marquee attraction of the World Showcase. Yeah. And then with Remy and the Ratatouille ride going into France, yeah. we're talking about this idea of expanding the pocketbooks, honestly. It's all about revenue. Sure. And if you build something at the back of the park, especially in, in France, you can have more people introduced to the French, uh, you know, the boulangerie that's mm-hmm. back there and the the drinks and the, the all the food, everything like that, that the World Showcase is known for. But you're getting more of a family aspect. Totally. And I'm all for And maybe I'm on an island, like plussing the crap out of everything. Sure. Like, I feel like. Did you always stop at that country that didn't have an attraction or just had like a... You're talking about a, Canada? You're talking about Canada again? I might, I might be a circle, <laughs> a circle I, vision. I, mean, I, I worked I in know, Canada. I know, you worked there, so you so. have a different perspective. But for me, as a, as a youth cruising through, like I wanted to go, I kind of wanted to go to Norway because yeah. I wanted to go on the boat ride. I, yeah. I wanted to go to Mexico because of the boat ride. And uh, Mexico was just kind of cool going inside the town. Absolutely. All these kind of unique things. But and you, and you read about stories of the past and some of the attractions that they, they had in mind. Mm-hmm. Like the bullet train ride. Well, the show building for um, for Germany yeah. is still there. Like that's what they were going to do with yeah. the the river cruise. There was yeah, the a- Rhine River cruise. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all for plussing every land and yes. making it. So you want to be there more. So you, so if I'm hanging out in Canada, that I'm going to have a poutine and I might go to uh, Le Cellier or you're going to really get just deeper, more entrenched into what the the land has to offer, what yeah. the the pavilion has to offer. So for me, I'm as far as the plussing the that, I think it's great. And do I mind if the IPs are there? I, I don't, not in the country so much. It was more about completely wiping out some of the future world stuff sure. for a roller coaster. Yeah. Like Test Track was a really great blend of education yeah. and some technology, but still a thrill ride, like yeah. a legit thrill ride. Um, well, that that's a great point because back in the day, it used to be sponsor driven versus right. IP driven. So in today's Disney company, you don't have GM going to Disney and saying, we want to give you this money to right. to build Test Track. I get that, though. But is that important? Like these Disney guys, makes made, these guys money. made so much money that <laughs> yeah. these sponsorships aren't critical anymore. Yeah. Like they were at one point in time. So why don't you just give us cool stuff? Does it have to have IPs in it? Yeah. It does now because this is what the. But I think that's what what people want, right? People expect that. You know, like, I mean, I think people, when you're building something, uh, why would somebody go to a thing that they don't know what it is? Now, if you say, oh, we're, we're, we're starting a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster, everybody goes, I know what Guardians is, I'm in. If they said, we're gonna do a new roller coaster and it's gonna take place in, uh, outer space and there'll be monsters there. And they just left it at that. I think the interest level would be a lot lower, right? I don't know. But that's it might Space be Mountain. Cool, but that's, that's but, that right. Well, yeah, anything, but, but that right? was but that was before. That's something that's already established. Yeah. I feel like the audiences now, and I'm not saying it's right. Like, don't I want to be clear that I'm not but, saying that that's my be, opinion. Wouldn't it be cool for them to create IPs that maybe were created in the parks, and then maybe they have a. There is that kind of cross pollination with like what Pirates of the Caribbean did, or what Jungle Cruise is about, about to do. To do. Yeah, like, hopefully for the, like or what Haunted Mansion uh, tried to do with Eddie Murphy. Oh no! <laughs> but you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I would still go to that attraction. I don't think yeah. people are going to be like, "Oh, you mean Stitch isn't there? Forget it. I'm not coming." Like, we're going to check that ride out. If that ride is cool, it doesn't have to have an IP attached. Yeah. But with that said, 
I think we all understand what the company is doing yeah. and how they're creating that synergy, especially yeah. now with this new platform that we're going to talk about a bit later with Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It all makes sense. They want us buying the DVDs. They want us knowing the characters. And personally, for me, I have kids. Yeah. So when I go there and they see Donald Duck, they're more interested in going to the Mexican Pavilion and maybe learning a little bit about Mexico because Donald Duck is there. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it does work. There is a method to the madness. There's nothing more Mexican than Donald Duck. No, obviously. He's obviously a caballero. (laughs) Uh, Now, my question to you, Dustin, is people paid for those, like, I know there's the the tombstones, and those are moving outside, I believe. So they are, I believe the tombstones themselves are going away, and they are repurposing the actual photos, like the, the things that are on. Like the faces. Oh, um, I heard they were moving those outside the, the parking lot, the entranceway. Yeah. But all the things on the the ground, like oh, so that's over at the Magic Kingdom. Oh, the bricks, the bricks. Yeah, so the bricks oh, are going the bricks. away. Oh, the bricks are going away. Yeah. So if you paid for a brick, are you a little cheesed? No, because you you understood in the contract that when you bought it, you signed, you knew that it was going to be there for a limited time. I'm still bummed. Hundred percent. You spent money. Where is it going? Yeah, um, it's like can you, you get, get the, can you get the, get brick, the brick back? Now yeah. you you can't that, get those cool. original bricks, but you can if you go into the Magic Kingdom now. You can get no, a, no, 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 no. I like, want my brick. I want yes, my brick. <laughs> Did you get a brick made? No, feels like <laughs> I know I'm, def- I'm defending yeah. the brick owners out there. But what we're talking about with the redevelopment is going from one style of Epcot into another one. Mm. And one of the biggest frustrations for for Epcot is when you go there, it's a festival park. Right. You know that you're going for food and wine, flower and garden, festival of the arts, all of it, the holidays around the world. All of these festivals traditionally take place in the World Showcase. Well, that space between the turnstiles, walking through Spaceship Earth, all the way through the, you know, Mascara on one end, Starbucks on the other, you're walking a long way in between those two points to even get the first pavilion. So what they're doing is changing that. Right. Is it the right move? We'll see what's going to happen because concept art lies to you all the time. Sure. So I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out hope that they're going to do Epcot right by the concept. What I'm worried about long term is the penny pinching and the budgets for this week being transformed into us not having something long term. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I buy that. I Listen, Epcot was kind of dead, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was the park that people went to the least. Well, that's a great you question. Know? So, what, what's your <laughs> what's your top four? So, when you are going to the yeah. Walt Disney World, yeah, day one, what do you do? It's just different. It just depends on a lot of different. There's a lot of variables involved there. But if you're going there with your family, I, I feel like I have to be. I have to generalize because sure. me personally, yeah. I Epcot is higher for me. Sure. Uh, um, but I think to most people, it probably isn't. Yeah. And I think MG, pardon me, Disney Hollywood Studios. You will always be welcome with MGM. Thank you. Is a little lower on the totem pole right now because there's nothing in it. Yeah. So right now that's numbered like dead last with a bullet. Did Toy Story help with that? Not really for me, but maybe for my kids. But my kids haven't seen that movie yet because they're too young. They're just not super interested. They, they, uh, she likes Buzz Lightyear a little bit. Sure. But not enough to know the world, to appreciate it. Yep. And probably can't ride that coaster yet. Or maybe she can now. But anyway, it's a Magic Kingdom's always number one with a bullet. And then Animal Kingdom for me is right next. And then it would be Epcot. And then yep. it would be 
Hollywood Studios. Yeah. But Epcot seems to be the place that looks tired. It's concrete. It's old. And when you're getting so many other cool new advances in technology, and you're you're talking, you're still preaching old technology in yeah. and around, and it just it just doesn't it doesn't wash. So well, and that's the issue with Tomorrowland being right. called Tomorrowland, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm all for these these yeah. these renovations. I think look, I think all the these theme park wars between Universal and <laughs> Disney and things getting old and needing to be revamped or redone or introducing new products or IPs, it's all gravy for fans like us, yeah. right? We're gonna get new stuff. Doesn't cost us anything until yep. we buy those tickets. Yeah. Um, and well, actually, <laughs> great question. So, Mark, what yeah. were you? Where does Magic Kingdom, Epcot, like when you're thinking? And, and I don't want to qualify it. I think right. when someone comes out and says, what, what's your preference? Animal Kingdom is probably my favorite park right now. I agree. Uh, but, I mean, how, how can you... Like, Magic Kingdom is the classic. Mm-hmm. So those are one and two, depending on the day. Like, if I'm going, I'll probably end up going to Magic Kingdom first. Yep. And then Animal Kingdom. We have a similar... I think our list is similar. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the reason, maybe, though, that I would uh, go to um, uh, MGM first... Uh, before before Epcot is because of the Muppets. Yep. And I just want to see that, like, especially right now where I feel like the Muppets were just on borrowed time <laughs> with those with that Muppet. So I just want to go and see it. And you talk about its repeatability. Yep. For me, <laughs> because I know it's disappearing, I'm just going to see it, like, maybe three times. Yeah. You know, I'll just... Like, in I'll one just, sitting, like, yeah, I'll just come right I'll back I'll come in. right back in, or I'll come back later in the You'll day. You'll go to Pizza Rizzo's if it's open, have yeah. a slice. Yeah. And then head back in. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Now, it's with, too bad they never uh, <laughs> saw through the attraction, that the Muppet attraction, the, right. the Great Movie Ride kind of spinoff. Yep. That would have been very cool. And yeah. the, the restaurant, the original one with the Swedish chef. Yeah, or the Pizza Rizzo that was where the rats would deliver you the pizza yep. from the ceiling. Very cool concepts. Now, do you put any thoughts behind something like One Man's Dream? So when, when you're a, a fan of Walt Disney the man, having that idea of, oh, I get to go to Hollywood Studios and see all these like rock and roller coaster and Tower of Terror and decent restaurants, not the best, but decent restaurants, you have something that's actually IP driven, but in a different sense, because One Man's Dream sponsored by D23, which is a Disney owned company under the umbrella. So is that where we're going? Is like... Guardians of the Galaxy going to be sponsored by Marvel. Can other other uh, platforms underneath the Disney umbrella are they able to now sponsor? Because we've seen that with um, characters. So, say for example, One Hundred and One Dalmatians is re like bringing their you know movie out of the the vault. They will pay to have Cruella Deville meet and greet for six weeks or two months at Hollywood Studios. I don't know if you can brand it that way, though. Like, maybe that'll happen, but can you brand, like, can you say Guardians of the Galaxy brought to you by Marvel? Because doesn't everybody just know that Marvel is owned by Disney? And You know what I mean? Like, does it... <laughs> so you'd you be by like, brought to you by also <laughs> us. <laughs> Welcome to this park brought to you by us, and this ride brought, brought to you by, by us. Yeah. Furthermore... In, in the bean counters, though, it's an Excel spreadsheet. Right, yeah. And revenues for... that That's one of the main reasons, and it's really funny, like, insider baseball right now. Disney theme parks is actually also including DVC, Disney Vacation Club. Really? Right? So they are under the same umbrella. And the only reason that they haven't moved is because as soon as you bring that revenue source from DVC out of that, whoever's looking at theme parks and resorts looks like they lost revenue. Right. Right. And isn't it, I mean, because I, I remember when they, and you, I know you'll correct me, Dustin, because I'm going to be way off. But when they hired 
not Iger, who's the next in command? Chapek? Mm-hmm. Bob Chapek? He was a merchandise guy. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of lumped merch and food and theme parks all in one thing. Well, synergy and corporate unity is one of the biggest things. And Chapek is one of the, the, the guys behind the Billion Dollar Club. As right. soon as your uh, movie makes a billion dollars, you get an attraction. Previous to that, it was never the case. Right. It was, hey, we have this uh, uh, this movie that's amazing. Let's find a place for the theme parks. But in recent memory, and we can go through the list, the recent you know blockbuster successes are they all represented in theme parks? Are there you know where is the Robin Hood? Where is the you know old school um, that are still making money hand over fist because they've been paid for time and time again? I think that's what the Epcot redevelopment and going forward, that's what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, it's all dollars. And it's coming from the same company, but not really. There's a lot of purists out there who miss like the, the original intention of what the park is supposed sure. to be. Uh, all those different logos. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, about an education and, and energy and, and transportation. At the end of the day, if, if we can't really be up to par on the technology and continue to to teach and thrill at the same time. Yeah. I guess it's okay to have a Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. roller coaster because I'm going to go. Let's I want be it to be that good. roller coaster is going to be unreal. Yeah, that, and that when was last time? Amazing. When was last time that either of us, like any of us, went on the Ellen's Energy Adventure? Anyway, you know what? I like. That <laughs> I was about to say I like. Yeah, liked it was great, it, but, but yeah, it wasn't it was, a every single. No, this will trip. be way better. This will be amazing. Yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. Listen, they're scratching the surface. I'm interested to see what happens this summer at D23. I'm sure there's more, like another phase yep. of what we're going to see there. Well, right we're going to see new um, fireworks coming out. So that's the other big thing. Illuminations, yeah. Reflections of Earth is closing. Yeah, There's um, got to be another. I know we're going to hint, hint for yep. later. There's got to be a new a showcase, World Showcase Pavilion coming. There has to be. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, the, if you're going to redo Epcot, come on. The last one was Norway. They've had so many agreements. And I've seen job descriptions. Like, sure. that's how far along some of these countries have gone. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it makes more sense. Right. But we but again, talked about it. But before, it was more about the country's participation and sponsorship. It was and all now, dollars. It don't matter. Yep. Right? Do we have an IP that works? We yep. do. Away we go. And uh, it looks like there's a lot of room on that on the board there to put some more showcases. Absolutely. And um, maybe we'll talk about that a little later in this mm-hmm. part. What else is going on in the news, Dustin? I think one of the funny things that's coming out soon is the NBA experience. You know, listen, guys, <laughs> you have an NBA fan here. I'm uh, I'm pumped for this. As much as I'm going to miss the old arcade, yeah. the old Disney Quest, <laughs> yeah. that old river adventure didn't yeah. always work so, so hot. Yeah, what do we know about the NBA uh, experience? So it's opening August 12th, 2019. Um, it's 44,000 square feet. Jeez. Uh, 13 interactive experiences. Everything from Slam Dunk uh, Challenge. They're doing like an NBA combine style. So you oh. can test your vert, your wingspan. Because what everyone wants to do on vacation after eating at, <laughs> yeah, you know, totally a or myself. something like that. Yeah, what's what? How, how fast can you run the forty? Uh, not, <laughs> just not so sit good. back; it's all good. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna get some more nachos. Yeah, I'm okay, you do the forty. Um, and then we're talking about real time technology for game days. So you're gonna be getting up to date experiences being ar- around NBA fans during the times that NBA games are happening. So wait, what does that mean? So I, so I'm a you're San an Antonio fan. Spurs fan. I'm just picking a team. Yeah, I bet you are. Um, and uh, I'm at the NBA Experience. LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are out there 
doing their thing. What, what what's happening? Uh, Toronto fans are just crying. <laughs> I mean, Ouch. what's what's happening? <laughs> what what is the experience? What do I get? Is there like I'm watching the game and we get some kind of yeah, you're trying to understand what, what it's going it to be is. similar to spending time at uh, the ESPN club on um, at the boardwalk. So lots of screens, lots of uh, interactivity that will go on. I'm assuming, you know, you're what a lot of people don't remember is that ESPN is very tied in with um, with NBA and those two companies are, are huge. But Disney owns ESPN. Mm-hmm. So having a lot of that type of experience under one roof will be really impressive. Right. Is it going to be as mind-blowing as, you know, say Cirque du Soleil or another, like, highlight location? I don't know. Um, Why don't you say the, yes? Well, the, the photos look great. The The concept looks looks solid, but we're I just also... feel like this is something that's already happened. Like, wasn't there an NBA... Restaurant so, at Universal. Universal. Yes. Because I remember vividly putting my hand in Shaq's handprint. Okay. Or footprint <laughs> or something. It's like they had basketballs and you could take your like greasy little mitt and put it on the ball and you could see how big like Hakeem Olajuwon's hand was. Sure. And right. I'm dating myself with Hakeem the Dream. But anyway, you, you get you get I feel like this has happened before. Yeah. I'm I'm just interested to know what sets this new Disney version apart from just kind of like a Jack Astors with basketball sure, nets. Sure, absolutely. Know? And we don't know yet. <laughs> I feel like that's what it's going to be. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. yeah, with like, you know, with some games and stuff that you can like, the interactive. That's why whenever somebody says there's going to be some interactive experience with this, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. That can just you, like, means you can have some hoops up. Yeah. Can you like tweet at a guy during the game? <laughs> yeah, be, the but you can tweet at a guy during the game from your home. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying he tweets back because he has to. Because yeah. he's contracted He's got to. a contract by, by Disney. <laughs> yeah. Anyone I, on the Orlando Magic has to. <laughs> Disney's their sponsor. Yeah. You know, so I, Aaron I Gordon is texting you back. Yo, man, I'm playing right now. <laughs> I'm busy. Don't just, you see? Just eat your nachos. <laughs> um, um, that sounds yeah. fun. I'll check. So, I'll check that out. When we, and when's that opening? So that's uh, August the twelfth. So. You know, oh, cool. it's right around the corner. And I think Disney Springs is, is going through that transition period. You know, we thought construction was done. Pfft, yeah, right. It will right. never be done. All right. And I'm hearing some uh, some rumblings out of uh, Universal for Halloween Horror Nights. What's the, what's the latest? All right. Thing? So we've got Halloween Horror Nights news in April. That's exactly what we want. I'm thinking uh, Halloween. I don't know about you guys. I'm a big, yeah, I've, I'm... I, I, I'm a big Halloween fan yeah. for sure. So yeah. yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, and the fact that they keep moving Halloween further and further up, I'm like, that's eh, all fine. I'm fine sure. with all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah in. sure. I'm yeah, in. yeah. My birthday's in August. Yeah. Uh, happy Halloween. Yeah, it <laughs> just makes sense. Yeah. See, we we've gotten to that uh, point where, as fans, we will go down to to Florida to experience Halloween months before Halloween actually comes. Yeah. Because we enjoy it. Like yeah. it's. I think but also it's going to get busier, right? Like by absolutely. Halloween, it's like, yeah. I don't want to be around on Halloween. Oh, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Yeah. And not the good kind. Yeah. I'm all for like it being a year round thing. But there's part of me that frankly wants them to just in like install or build a couple of just year round, oh, you yeah. know, like, like the way, like the way Walking Dead is, sure. you know, in, in California. Yeah. I just want more of those. Cause even the one in California, it's kind of, it's short. It's a short experience like it's a short walkthrough yeah i could go for a big maze that's just there all the time that'd be awesome i'd be so pleased about that yeah be it stranger things or some other ip you know and then save horror nights for like the real wackadoodle stuff like killer killer clowns Clowns. (laughs) which you know i was so pleased when that happened because i was a fan of that like that was like the b movie of choice 
with my group of friends when I was a little kid. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, what have they announced so far? What's the what's the goods? So we've got Nightingale's Blood Pit. So it's original content for Halloween Horror Nights 2019. So the the way that it reads is from the twisted minds of Universal's uh, Universal Orlando's entertainment team, which let's be honest, they are twisted. Uh, guests will enter an all new horrifying original story featuring Nightingales, uh, a grisly race of creatures in the Nightingale's blood pit. So guests will be transported to ancient Rome where they must escape the gladiator arena as the bloodthirsty Nightingales begin to feed on the dead and dying. So let's be honest here. With Universal and Halloween Horror Nights, it's all about filling out their roster. Every year we know that they're going to have 9 to 11 different uh, experiences. They're going to have their their houses, their mazes, their walk-around scare zones. And every year it's a guessing game. What's going to be next? What's going to thrill and excite people to the extent that they will actually purchase a plane ticket to come down to get a hotel to buy tickets to experience? And Halloween Horror Nights has a uh, long-lasting tradition of not disappointing and they try things every year. There are houses that have been in the past, you know, 20 years where they haven't been successes. We don't remember those. But it's the fact that they are trying something new. I'm down with it. I'm down with new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of their original things were great. I mm-hmm. mean, if you go to the history of some of the Halloween horror dices and some of the, the characters like Chance. And, yeah. Um, they've had some great, unique stuff. So I think it's great. And... Quite honestly, the more houses, the better. Those lineups are so long. Yep. <laughs> There's, and everybody's going to do all of them. Yep. You know, unless they can't. Yep. Um, so I think it's great that they're trying to create new stuff. Boy, I wish they had. They were trying to create original stuff at Disney. You know, like a, so. A, that's a, a whole other conversation. And, and, and maybe this 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 created IP that's that they're creating at Universal can become something. Maybe yeah, yeah. it becomes something. Turns into uh, a movie. Yeah, or a TV that'd be, show. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, I'm and what's interesting it. with Disney? So they just announced earlier today, and you know, we'll kind of figure out the the dates and the times when we're releasing these uh, these shows. But they announced that there is going to be a replacement for Hello Wishes at um, Mickey's Not So Scary. So there's actually going to be a brand new nighttime spectacular that will be uh, debuting this year for 2019 at um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. So it's starting August 16th, going all the way until November 1st. Right on. That's amazing. But we're talking about a... um, uh, state-of-the-art uh, projection effects, lasers, uh, lighting, and dazzling fireworks that only can be done at, at Cinderella's castle. And that's always been the frustration during Mickey's Not-So-Scary because they still go off of the old Hallow Wishes, which doesn't have the same projection mapping and theming that something like um, Happily Ever After has. So we'll yeah. see. It's coming oh, cool. this year. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Listen, uh, listen all, all those things, you, you projection mapping, lasers, and fireworks are all things I like. So, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be good. They're going to have a hard time getting that wrong for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with some more oh, We Like Theme Parks. And we're back, and welcome back to the We Like Theme Parks podcast. Uh, Some more news dropped that 
I, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk uh, for, for these guys, but I'm really excited about, and that's the new Disney Plus service. It's going to go head-to-heads with Netflix. I think we're going to see a lot of new material, a lot of exciting stuff. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about what's happening and how it's going to affect the parks. And if you're going to ditch out on Netflix, like, are you out on Netflix once this Disney Plus drop? Dustin, you have some information for us. Uh, yeah, but starting out with opinion, yes. <laughs> you're going to drop Netflix? You're 100%. Drop Netflix? Really? 100%. Um, but there's reasoning behind it. So let's let's start at the beginning. So um, launching in in 2019, um, arriving into the U.S. on November 12th later on this year, Disney Plus is coming, and it's uh, it's bigger than anyone could have imagined with their lineup, their dedication to fulfilling stories from you know series and IPs that we never would have thought, and bringing in the best talent available. For me. I always thought of when Disney was talking about doing an online streaming service, it was unlocking the vault. 100%. And that was it, you know, for the most part. Like, there'd be some stuff. And the fact that they're unlocking the vault and bringing this slew of new content, and some of it is really exciting, like bonkers exciting. Yeah, that, yeah. But we should start at the the beginning, which is the price. All right, let's do that. So, $6.99 per month or $69.99 per year. So you're getting basically two months for free. I'll compare compare it to Netflix, which is anywhere from ten ninety nine up to fifteen ninety nine. I think the the big issue that comes out with the pricing is what do you get? And with Netflix, prior it was Netflix or nothing, and there were a, a huge number of streaming sites that came and went. They just couldn't compete. So with Disney bringing out their subscription base, with the new acquisition of Fox. I think the fact that even if you just got the Disney content with the 30 seasons of Simpsons, mm-hmm. yep. that's worth six ninety nine a month. They were trying to make a Simpsons thing, like just Simpsons World go. And, and I feel like they I knew a bunch of people that were subscribing to that. Like the, that almost got off the ground as its own thing, really? just a Simpsons subscription. Huh. So you could you always had access to every episode of The Simpsons at all times. Yeah. Wow. Kind of like the WWE network, yeah. but only The Simpsons. That's and how much was nine? Uh, how much was I the? I think it was the same. I think it was like nine ninety nine. Yeah, it was like same same as WWE. It was a similar kind of ten dollars a month. Yeah, this has got to be an introductory price, though, right? Like, there's no yeah. way they're gonna hold on at six ninety nine. I think it's gonna move just like the park tickets. It's gonna steadily climb up. Well, they're they're gonna yeah. do that, but then they're also gonna add on right. everything. But so they're, but Disney they're... Plus won't just give you like. I'm assuming Disney Plus will give you one segment, but then you'll have ESPN. You'll have all these other add-ons that will come in. I think they're really wisely, like, taking a big cut of the marketplace by coming in with this price and forcing you to almost draw a line in the sand and make it a choice right away. But is it a choice? That's, that's to me, I don't have cable. I don't have cable television. I haven't had cable, oh, for a very long time. I can't even we remember. We cut like five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been forever since I've had cable. Now, paying fourteen ninety nine for Netflix, mm-hmm. another $10 for the WWE Network, yep. another $10 for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Network, and then another $10 every few months or so for the Broadway HD channel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this becomes my television package, yep. which is still cheaper yep. than cable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm seeing the things I want to see. And then the rest, you know, I pirate. Yeah, to be honest. There you go. Um, for me, it's uh, I have cable because I watch a lot of live sports. So right. Well, and you, you also know, have kids, and I have kids. But listen, the kids, you know, the kids watch Netflix. Yeah. 
And I think with Disney Plus, the kids are going to be watching Disney Plus, you know? Yeah. Well, we're talking about 7,000 episodes of Disney TV Fair. So we're not just looking at the idea of the movies, we're forgetting the Disney Afternoon. Tailspin, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers. I'm all- hoping for one Saturday morning. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I'm hoping to see every episode of Mrs. Munger's class. Yep. I want to see Pepper Ann. I want to see Fillmore. I want to see Fillmore oh, so bad. Oh, Fillmore. Oh, I miss Fillmore. Yeah, right? What about some gummy bears, guys? Gummy bears, the afternoon block? That'll be there. You're, you <laughs> laughed immediately afterwards. I like did, did, I did. Like I, I got baited into admitting I that I, totally, I like gummy bears. Yeah, I jumped you into that. I'm yeah. not afraid of I'll admit it. Darkwing yeah. Duck as well. I'll watch yeah, Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck, Duck. Darkwing Duck he's, he's cool. It's a little, the show's a bit repetitive. Yeah. But, so, you know. I love Darkwing we're also we're we're getting so as i said simpsons are coming um all of the star wars films are all coming with new and unique so let's talk about the big launch here with and they're the big nugget just as game of thrones is ending yes disney is going to be launching the mandalorian and i think john favreau has something to do with it yes i might just be talking out of my butt here they're saying that it's going to be the new game of thrones it's a game of thrones kind of world size and budget uh, version of Star Wars. And that makes me very excited, especially just coming off this crest of Game of Thrones when it does end soon. Somebody needed to pick up the mantle. A lot of people yeah. thought it was going to be Westworld. Yeah. It's not. Now, they this, did mention at, um, at Disney, the, uh, Disney Investor Day that John Favreau noted that the show's first season uh, will be eight episodes. Great. Yeah, you're looking at a you know live action show that will portrays a gunfighter living on the outer reaches of the galaxy. Like whatever. That's sure. I'm in. Like, I'm in. Yeah. Here's my. Here's it my. Sounds great. Here's, here's my, my six ninety nine. Yeah, good. I think it's great. And there's uh, there's a lot of other new stuff. There's a there's a couple of uh, Marvel series. I believe one is with uh, Scarlet Witch and mm-hmm. um, come on, somebody help me here. Falcon on your own. <laughs> Not Valkyrie. Uh, d- 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 Captain, Captain's buddy. Really? We're that? Really, we're we're, we're Disney nerds, no guys, but we can't tell about. you. We're Disney nerds. We are not Marvel. Uh, we're Listen, not Marvel here's nerds. the thing. Everybody's excited about Disney Plus, all of these original shows. I keep looking on the list to see what some of the old stuff is going to be, and I can't find like every single thing. Yeah. And I just, for me, for my six ninety nine a month, I want to know for sure that I'm going to get every episode made of Good Luck, Charlie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you're thinking they're opening the vault. You're thinking you're getting access to everything. You guys both know sold Good Luck Charlie. I don't know a lot about Good Luck Charlie. I was hoping I someone else was going to jump in. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody helped me. Listen, Good Luck Charlie's a great show. I can't believe I'm alone on this. I, you, you might be. I might have to dig this up on YouTube after. Right, Your so kids they, would love Good Luck Charlie. Yeah? They, they have confirmed that Good Luck Charlie is coming. Yes, the, there it is. Oh man, I got right, some people so, to text. They're going to be very. So pleased. we're getting all of, as I said, all the um, uh, the MCU. Uh, so what about the Jeff Goldblum show? Did you see that? Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Jeff, Anything Jeff Goldblum. With Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff's a show. What it's kind it? of like it seems like it's going to be like a How It's Made, but with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Love it. It's like I'm in. Oh, we're also seeing uh, Phineas and Ferb. Yes. Um, continuation of the TV show. Apparently, yeah, they're, they're making new ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, there is a Disney Imagineering like show as well, where they kind of show yeah, you how things get made. That's Mighty great. Ducks, possibly bringing a Mighty Ducks um, a TV show, live action or another yeah. animated show. No, live action. Oh man, or another hockey uh, team. <laughs> yeah, the Jeff, Jeff Goldblum one is the world according to Jeff Goldblum, which I'm sure is just his Twitter feed. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm excited for the new Muppet Show as well. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, what's the story I, they, on the new Muppet I, Show? I feel like the I feel like Disney just hasn't been able to get the Muppets to work, and I feel like I feel like they're just always just off the mark with the Muppets, yeah. and they just don't know. There's this whole thing. I went to this thing in New York. Uh, my buddy Louie brought me to. It was when. Uh, um, uh, Muppets Most Wanted had just come out on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And there was this venue in New York where two of the Muppeteers who worked on that sat down and did live commentary on the movie. So they sat <laughs> and it was like it was this little it was this little performance venue like where they do like comedy on the weekends maybe sure. and there's bands that play. They showed the movie and they sat on stage uh, the two of them and they talked about how they did everything and they paused the movie a couple times to explain that First of all, the fact that there's almost no CGI in that movie, people don't realize. Like that that that's that scene when Constantine is uh, escaping the prison. There's nine Muppeteers working on that, and they're just like going all in a row. And then when the last one, when number when number one goes, number two, number three, and when number one is done, he goes to the number ten position to like pick it up. Yep. Which is because it's all one shot. Yeah. And that's all the stuff that, and the Muppeteers said this at that. At that event, they were like, the thing about Disney is Disney doesn't want anybody to know how we do it. And I think that's wrong. Like, I think that's not the approach the Muppets need. We want to see how the magic is made with the Muppets. It's not like CGI where it's like, yeah, we don't need to necessarily know that. And Disney is so secretive about how the magic happens. But with the Muppets, the magic is kind of in in the, the making art. of it, right? Like, yeah. Like, if I had known that watching that movie that that's how they did it because it's so easy to assume that oh that's just cgi yeah but it's uh, not have you guys watched that new movie it just came out on netflix the happy time murders uh, yeah i saw that <laughs> I saw so that. it's actually I, I, it was produced by henson's daughter mm-hmm. yeah. Henson company and um you know the movie is the movie but yeah. the end you see some of the in the credits kind yeah. of some of the how they do how it they do it and that's what you and want, it was right? the coolest part of the movie being like oh man like that's that's how they make this thing happen and just yeah. how they opt the puppets and Listen, and how the, it, the world they have no to not create. yet it's on the list if honestly literally see, just the last three minutes is what you need to, yeah we if you want to see melissa bit. mccarthy put something on her back and do her best to make it work <laughs> Like, she's trying so hard <laughs> to make this movie work. And it's like, within the first five minutes, I mean, I'm not going to get into the details of it because it's pretty graphic. It's it's an, it's an adult movie. It just seems like such a cheap, easy thing to make puppets do things in sure. adult situations. Yeah. And I America. don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it. I just think, I think that there's another route. And in the first five minutes, when they, you know, when they get so dirty right away, I just sat there. Alone in this movie theater, yes. nobody else was there. There was a couple there that left partway through the movie. Really? Yeah. And it was like I sat there, and then I was alone for the for the <laughs> second half of the movie, and I was like, Yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you're not committed to the to the puppeteering here, yeah. then there's nothing for you. Because I, I was I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll do a lot of like I'll watch TV while I'm doing something else. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. it was it just came on Netflix, so that was the kind of episode. But I found myself. Popping my head up all the time because something like really gross would happen. Yeah, you love that stuff. But I did. I did. I do. A blue humor is your. I do. Your jam. Well, you were just saying you were that interested in seeing puppets do human things, and I'm. I mean, Team America, World Police. Yeah. Yeah, and Avenue Q. Level, that's next level writing. Though. We're talking about some really. Yes. Like, agreed. Like the, the the South Park guys are like supreme 
satirists. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a different thing. This movie, the 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 writing was not quite as sharp. Actually, so <laughs> we'll we'll spin back to that because one of the the questions that we've been you know mulling over for topics for the show, obviously, because we're all theme parks fans, is where do certain franchises belong in the theme parks? Where's the South Park characters? Why have they never gotten a theme park? Could you imagine South Park the ride? How funny that ride would be? Yeah. It'd be so Because rude. that awesome. game, the, the video game, yeah. was hilarious. Both of them are Both incredible. of them were very yeah. funny. The first one was funnier, I thought. The I second like one more. second one was an excellent game. But how oh, would you do it? Would yeah. you do like the, the Madagascar ride? Like it's a boat ride and you're going through this? Would you... Like I think it's maybe a, a hike up the Rocky Mountains or something like that. Like it's, yeah, and I think I think that I mean I think you'd have to I think you'd have to start by parodying another ride. Yeah. So another ride system. So, so I. So it's feel like, like The Simpsons. The Simpsons ride at Universal. Right. Is that kind of thing where? Yeah. But I feel like maybe for South Park they do they do a thing where they overuse screens and have have like the real <laughs> sets. So there's practical set environments with a lot of screens. Yeah. Just you know on I mean? purpose. Just on purpose. Yeah. And you make that, you know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to make the, the meta joke. You don't have to actually say it. Yeah. But you know that you did that to yeah. the, you know what I mean? We, yeah. You know you did that to this yeah. ride. So th- those are the types of things that you'll be getting on our show, by the way. It's just us <laughs> being like, you brought this up. Where do you think this would go? So the South Park ride would be unreal. That would yeah. be very good. Yeah, it'll never happen. But that's great. That's great. I mean, I, I, I would ride it. Disney acquires... South Park. Okay, well, I don't Disney think, I don't just think it would acquired be a Disney. Fox. Disney they acquires Trey Parker. <laughs> they have Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> uh, hey, just to circle back, it was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There That's what I go. said, Falcon. I get, I get Hawkeye and Falcon. It was all these birds. I don't know. So at the end of the, the conversation, though, just to wrap it all around, Disney Plus, um, mm-hmm. is it worth it? No. And will you drop Netflix or will it be an add-on? For, um, me, it's, for me, it's an add-on. Okay. Because, I, like I said, that, so that was the point I was making about cable was that I don't have cable. I yep. got rid of my cable ages ago. So, to me, this is just another thing that I will plug in. And, honestly, if Broadway HD had more content and did more live streams because yep. they've only done it twice, I would – if they did that even four times a year, I'd be on Broadway HD all year round. Yeah. Just to support it. Broadway HD. Step up your game. It's very good. Mark, but, you Mark's know, you're looking just, at you. You just get through it. You, I've seen the, everything on it. And it's like, I don't need to have it year round. Right. Yeah. But this is another one. I would just add that in. At yeah. six ninety nine too. that doesn't hurt my pocket. That's fine. I would, I, I'm going to definitely get it. Yeah. And I would probably keep Netflix until I see that we're not using it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right now, Dino Trucks is my daughter's favorite show. And that's a DreamWorks property. Yeah. So shout out Universal. Um, so Universal is actually coming out with their own streaming service in 2020. They have trademarked Unikids. Oh my goodness! Does this oh, mean wow. I have to buy three of these things? That's kind of where it's looking. Oh, but it's going to be for kids only. Um, is that the, the idea? Well, Comcast wants to do a full fledged. They're seeing right. what Disney can do. Right. We we've seen it with the WWE Network. As soon yeah. as someone says, "Hey, I have all of this content. What should I do with it?" You put it onto a streaming service and you make money. Yeah. So that's that makes sense for something like Comcast where they own so many properties. They can go head to head with Disney just based on their catalog alone. Yeah. What else do they what does Comcast own? Now I'm gonna wanna Google this. Uh, I'm gonna, it, I'm it, it, it will shock you based on the fact that Comcast and Universal, the, the properties that Universal has based on licenses alone are breathtaking. 
But you have to also take into effect all of the different brands that Universal has created and where they are going as well. Right. So overall, I think we're going with it. We'll we'll touch on the Universal um, uh, streaming news as we get more. I suppose NBC Universal. That's plenty right there. Yeah. That's, like, that's just, plenty. That's just lots. NBC alone is. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking a little bit about theme park attractions using screens and how and i guess what's happening right now is we're seeing a lot of attractions kind of use these screens as a crutch because hey maybe they're cheaper maybe we can reuse them yeah and so on and so forth so we just kind of wanted to open this up to to discussion talking about screens and attractions are we are universal and disney using them too much and i feel where this conversation really stemmed from is when the Fast and the Furious attraction came out. And that's where, you know, the poop kind of hit the fan, if you will. Where yep. people are like, okay, I'm, an, I'm really, like, tired of this. I've, I've seen this same attraction before. This feels very listless and lazy, to be quite honest. For, for me, I think that I think that Kong, the, Kong the, the, the King Kong ride, the Reign of Kong that came out, I feel like that one was really, was really the trigger. And then the Fast and the Furious was one foot over the line. Right. Like it was like, that was, because I think people were very excited about that Kong ride. And when it turned out to just be the screens, the same as California, I think people were disappointed. And the only thing that saved it was that giant animatronic at the end. Absolutely. Yes. So I, I see your point and I raise you. Okay. Because I think there there's two questions that are coming into this this conversation. The first is, are the attractions themselves bad? Right. Like, or are we talking about utilizing the technology in the wrong form? So I would argue that with Fast and Furious Supercharged, it's not a bad attraction. We've seen it before. It's included in the tram tour in Universal uh, Hollywood. Ergo, we don't need to have an entire attraction based on 10% of something that's better on the other coast. Yes. Fair. Yeah. It's, to me, it's, I, I realize it's about money. It's, everything's yep. about money. And it's a lot cheaper to take this thing they already shot and they already know how to execute and just replicate it and then try to surround it with more stuff. Like everyone talks about the queue of Fast and the Furious. I can't lie. I've seen a few of them, but I haven't seen all eight of them. There's eight? Nine? Fast and the Furious? Yeah. yeah no, seven, eight, or nine. One. Yeah. People are talking about all the Easter eggs in the queue. And yeah, the how, keys. Uh, and it was, and it, that's cool. And if I was more familiar with the franchise, I might be excited about it. But to me, it just felt like a bunch of chain link fence and yeah. somebody's garage. And then I'm watching this movie. And it was, so it was highly, highly disappointing. Whereas Kong, at least there was, they did create some of the experience going into the temple, uh, like the Skull Kingdom. So when I'm walking in, I'm really feeling immersed and then tying it off with the animatronic. And it didn't feel as egregious. You right. Know what but I mean? that's what I mean. I feel yeah. like seeing Kong, it was kind of like, okay, there's enough here. Okay. But you right. got me in the middle there for a little while. Like, yeah. You got me repeating that stuff in the middle. Whereas Fast and the Furious, it's like, no, you just gave me the thing. Yeah. Well, like, you, it, there feels like significantly less there. Well, I think another thing that has to do with it is that, I mean, Universal just ripped out these three attractions back to back. It's Kong, it's Fallon, and it's Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Screen, screen, screen. So yeah. when you consider what Kong was mm -hmm. and what kind of attraction oh, yeah. that confrontation yeah. Which was like a pioneer, like one yeah. of the greats. And I know they did it first in Hollywood, but then they made the one in Florida. And the one in Florida was spectacular. Yeah. Getting attacked by this 
humongous uh, monkey a couple of times shaking the the gondola. It, it was incredible. And to go from that to watching a screen and the car shakes around a little bit just felt a little disappointing because we knew what it was. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I feel like a practical environment will always win. You yep. know, it'll always win. I go back to... Um, Zathura is one of my favorite movies. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's better than Jumanji. It's just you Jumanji know? in space. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I like. <laughs> I like Jumanji in space. All right. But also, all the effects in that are practical. That's, those are all practical effects that they like sweeten some of the stuff with CGI. So, like, sure, the meteors spinning through the house are CGI, but the floor is really exploding. Uh, like, the set was really exploding and those kids were running through that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's the same kind of thing. I'd rather be in a practical environment totally. every single time. And I feel like, well, first of all, you know who directed that movie? Yes. John Favreau. Yeah, Pretty cool. I know. Like, yeah. It was his first movie. Um, that guy did a few things. For me, there is this really... You look at a ride like The Forbidden Journey, which sure. does both. Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, does a bunch of things. It's not just, just screens, but some... A really unique technology there. Well, it's the Kuka arm. Yeah, it's the Kuka arm. It H- just, have we talked about the Kuka arm? Well, when we can, but the idea of just the the mix, the the hybrid of both practical and the screens, um, you see it a lot with. You know what? Navi River Journey does a really nice job. Sure, I would actually stuff. compare Navi River Journey flat out to Kong. They are really? the exact same concept because you're going through, you're seeing environment, yeah. but you're also seeing a lot of screens. And at the end, the attraction is saved by an audio animatronic. Yeah. I could see some parallels, but they do create the world with all the bioluminescent plants and everything. story. But there's nothing in Kong. It's just screens. There's no... There's nothing practical. It's a hallway. To, can we go back to Kuka Arm? What's a Kuka Arm? That's the system, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, is employed for the Forbidden Journey. That so um, originally it was uh, put into Disney parks. So at Epcot, some of all thrills was actually a roller coaster that they built. Um, you could create your own roller coaster on a Kuka Arm. Um, it's still actually being employed at uh, at Epcot in the Nemo attraction. When you're going through the section and you see the anglerfish, anglerfish is trying to catch a smaller fish. They are on kuka arms. Cool. And every so often, because it's on a, a, a system that is going through cycles, and right. every so often the anglerfish will catch the other fish, and it gets very awkward. Um, <laughs> but as a whole, the kuka arm technology was originally supposed to be you know put out into the disney parks and they i don't know what happened with the ins and the outs but um when harry potter and the forbidden um, journey showed up that was the basically the showcase of the technology and they have a 10-year exclusive wow Wow. oh boy well that's great coming up it is coming up kooka arm it's just fun to say kooka arm but when we're talking about screens so before show i was pre-gaming and got a list of all the different screens but with screen-based attractions, you're actually looking at multiple different areas, as we've talked about. There are movies, like at if we're talking specifically at Disney, you have things like Laugh Floor, um, Tough to Be a Bug, Muppet Vision 3D, um, where you are watching a movie. Like Phil Her Magic. Phil yeah. Her Magic. Yeah, there yeah. is a movie there. You're watching it. Hey, yeah. look, it's a screen. Those ones are very difficult to actually up- update because you're dealing with a finished project. Soren, right. similar. Um, but then you have things like Star, uh, Star Tours, where there is a screen there, but they can randomize it 
is that a screen-based attraction versus you know uh, some of the other ones like uh, Toy Story Mania? Because they're both screen-based attractions, but we're talking about technology that goes into creating that experience. And most people won't think, hey, Toy Story Mania is a screen-based attraction. It completely is, but it's also a Wii game, which I have. (laughs) And it's great. I I would agree with that. I I mean, when I go on Toy Story Mania, I don't think, oh, this is a screen attraction, even though it obviously is. Same thing with, like, a simulator to me is a simulator. Yep. Because you're in this rocket ship and you're immersed in the the, the whole going to the space business. Yep. It, it, so it doesn't completely feel like a screen attraction, even though you know what you're getting. Versus sitting in a room that's supposed to be a ride when I'm staring at a giant like screen. Like Fallon. Like Fallon, like Despicable Me, Me What about Simpsons? Like Simpsons, to a lesser extent, you get into the car and all of a sudden you look around and you're seeing that big giant screen in front of you. The issue is that unlike Flight of Passage, where you can't see yeah. everyone to your left or to your right, you can clearly see every single car around you. If you look, yeah. That's my favorite part, though, to be honest. I like <laughs> leaning forward on the Simpsons ride and looking at everybody else. Yeah. You're like, hey, what's yeah. up? Um, or at Soren, you're just looking at people's feet. I feel like, like, oh, yeah. Crocs? I feel really? Like, <laughs> I feel like when Back to the Future came out, it was like hyper-technology. Yeah. It was like, Wow. And now when you're on The Simpsons, nah, I mean, I know they've redone the movie yep. um, in 4K, but I think it's 4K. Well, and similar to uh, uh, Spider-Man. So right. Spider-Man was redone and the technology was in- enhanced. And most people honestly will not think that Spider-Man is a screen-based attraction. But really? You can't no. go around and look at that, you know, right as you're falling off of the, the building. Mm-hmm. That is a screen. That yeah. is flat out a screen. You can't fall like that. It's absolutely a screen attraction, but it's done so, so well. well. It's yes. done, and there's and there's tons of practical stuff with the the fire and the heat and the the water the free falling and yeah. the water. Like that's what makes it not feel like I'm just staring at a movie and my chair is moving. Yep. And I think that's cheap and that's easy. And the ride system, like the EMV vehicle, is what makes that track yep. or that ride so unique. So I would like to, you know, I'm hoping for better times where we're using some, attra- we're having attractions that are just all just practical or just, if anything, are augmented by screens, yep. which to me, I feel like that's what the Navi River journey is. Because I mean, you're, it is just, it's a small world behind the practical set is the, the extension where you see yep. the screens. And then, yeah, it does bail you out with this incredible animatronic at the end. But how incredible is it? It's yeah. pretty amazing. But pretty Flight cool. of Passage... Night and day. Totally We're talking about a, a screen. Yeah. There is, yes, the, the lead up through the queue and that, there's practical effects. But as soon as you walk into uh, the room and you have a seat on the Banshee, the door is open. There is a screen. Yeah. But I have never said, wow, so many times yeah. riding that attraction, even though it's a screen. And that's the magic, right? Yeah. Riding the movies, not making you feel like you're watching a film. It means you feel like you're in it, even though you're watching a film. Yeah. And rides like Fast and Furious and Jimmy Fallon and it's the just, same as being they, on YouTube. There, there yeah. are there are attractions that are enhanced when you're in real life, and there are attractions that can be taped and put on YouTube, and you're not missing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah and fair. that's that. Yeah, you're right. Good call. So, so to sum up, are we are we agreeing that we sh- they should be steering clear of screens or I mean, just trying to me, play with the technology just more? Try. That's all we're asking. <laughs> To me, even Spider-Man, like Spider-Man, if you're going to compare Spider-Man to Indiana Jones, sure. 
It's like, not there's even, not really not a comparison close, here, right? No. Like, there's nothing quite like entering that giant temple yeah. and having to cross the bridge. And I mean, that's mental. But are that's we so comparing crazy. Dinosaur to, because that's a future topic that we will go head to head with. I love Dinosaur. What's better, Indiana Jones or Dinosaur, even though it's, it's the exact same ride it's two situation. Total, totally different experiences. For me, for me, I prefer Indiana Jones. For me, I prefer Indiana Jones. We, we are setting up our next episode. Okay. <laughs> I love Indiana Jones, but the original dinosaur, when it was scarier. When it was Countdown to Extinction? When it was Countdown to Extinction, before they kind of just... Movieized it. Movieized it and made it a little bit more comfy for kids, was my favorite ride. That ride was bonkers. I only it was remember terrifying. the version of it. Maybe I didn't ride it. How long was it like that? A while. Uh, it changed maybe know. like sure. seven or eight years ago. Okay. Oh, we'll check it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But man, it was crazy. Um, I think we all agree it would be great to have these guys try to be maybe a little bit more creative. Imagineers and Universal Creatives. There, there's your note from the boys that we like from parts. <laughs> Are we still going to go on your screen-based rides? Yeah, probably, but, you know, we, we can only help. And if somebody gets on that South Park ride, I can't stop. Oh. <laughs> well, even, you know, if we flip it, just, and, and I don't mean to continue this uh, conversation, but when you go on these rides, like this Jurassic Park ride is coming, this mm-hmm. roller coaster, what is it? It's, is it? it's not coming, but it's being built. Right. It's, it's <laughs> one, I it's, love it. Yeah. It's the theme park way of like the number of times you would walk through, like say, for example, you were on the, the monorail and you were going through the contemporary just as you're turning the corner and you see Bay Lake Tower. Well, for the longest time, Bay Lake Tower was being built right there. And you would ask people who work for the company, and they'd be like, what? I don't see anything. It's like, there is a tower right there. It's seven <laughs> stories. And they're like, I... I do not acknowledge that. Right. Wow. Well, <laughs> listen, it looks like something's happening. It looks like a roller coaster is going up in Jurassic World. And is it just a roller coaster? Like, is it another Hulk? It's just a cool roller coaster? Or is it a Gringotts where it's not just a roller coaster? It's something so much more. Now, that is the Universal Creative killed it with the Gringotts ride. Yes. It is, and it is. It screens, but it does not feel like it because of just the storytelling and the narrative and the combination with the practical effects. And just a roller coaster doing things I've never felt a roller coaster yeah. do. Now, we, we do have things to talk about with Jurassic World and the, the coaster, but we'll do that on our next show because when it comes down to it, there are some little things that are being decided at Jurassic World for the new uh, coaster that actually have nothing to do with the IP itself. It's actually a, a guest flow situation. Interesting. Oh, we keep doing that. Touch your nose, dude. All right. Boop, boop. All right. Uh, how about we have a little fun? Uh, we, we, we were talking about doing something cool. Everyone of you that's listening to this probably does the same thing. You're an armchair Imagineer. And you dream up ideas for different attractions, rides, shows, anything. So we thought we would do this every once in a while since we're such nerds coming up with some of our own attractions and Dustin thought it would be a great idea to cook up a new Epcot uh, showcase pavilion. We're going to take our pavilions and put them up head-to-head on Armchair Imagineering. Armchair Imagineering. All right, guys. Where are we going in the World Showcase today? It sounds like three new pavilions are being presented to the Disney <laughs> company. Maybe we'll start with uh, maybe we'll start with Dustin. Since this was your idea, which is a great idea, by the way. What uh, what new showcase is coming to the World Showcase Pavilion? All right. So when I was thinking about this, and let's be honest, I 
I love coming out with, you know, locations around the world showcase that actually need something. Now, around, when you continue going around, you're going to see the American Adventure. And in that area, you're going to, you know, come across some empty spots. And one of the ones that I've always really gotten a kick out of was the idea of putting Australia (gasps) into the World Showcase. Now there's there's different layers and levels to it. Why why what? Because oh. I did Australia too. You did. Okay, <laughs> We're competing no. Australia base. I like. Okay, you guys compete <laughs> nope. with Australia, I, and I'm gonna and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll flag one way or the other who the winner is. Nope. I I can redo well, I this. I want to hear yours too. No, nope, I can redo it. No, uh, what do you I'm, no, I am no, so Dustin. Give me your challenge best pitch. accepted. Just get no, on, get challenge on. accepted. Egypt. What? You have Australia in the can. Let's see Australia. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I feel like this man has several of these. Do you have like yeah? How many world <laughs> okay, showcases so are in your back? If we're then? if we're doing Australia, the the idea behind it is you're gonna have the Australian outback. But one thing that people don't realize with the outback is that there are deadly snakes and deadly you know experiences. Everything can kill you out on the outback. So what I want to do is have that idea of going through the outback, through the different um, seasons, different times and dates, and coming across uh, your your life in your hands at any given moment. Now, you can do this many different ways. You can do it with screens. You can do it as a long log flume ride. Epcot needs more physical attractions that aren't boats. So maybe it's a coaster. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, you're you're on the back of a, a lion or something like that. We don't want to do like a cheetah hunt type thing because that's already been done. But the idea that you actually will go through the thrill of a, a coaster and then in the downtime, like you would come to a screeching halt and all of a sudden you would just kind of go forward a little bit and you're inside Australia with animals around you. And you're almost like, like you know, it's some of the... Um, uh, aquaticas yeah. where you go through a um, uh, your water slide and it goes like right underneath the water and you're with sharks yes that type of thing but in like Australia hmm, cool neat. so yeah. it, it'd be kind of you know cool to see what they would do and how they would add the the Australian flair to it but you're talking about amazing cuisine the restaurants just barbecue yeah done yep on top of that, the merchandise sells itself. Didgeridoos, followed by didgeridoos, followed by um, the, what's that, the spinny thing? Boomerang. The, the boomerang. Um, you know, those types of things just make sense to me. And then you're also looking at the, the idea of creating a cultural representative program where people are interested in sharing what they have at home. Granted, they're going to get sick after the first five people ask them, so how do you have, do you have a pet koala? Right. And I was like, well, yeah, we call them drop bears, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but overall, the idea of having a Australian Outback, there you go. You have yeah. a, a, a restaurant right there, Outback like, Steakhouse. I feel like that's very likely. That's, I feel like yours is that's a very likely situation. I feel like that could happen. But I think that's because Australia is so ready. They, they deserve to be in... <laughs> A, a Disney theme park, and if it's not at Animal Kingdom, they yeah. deserve to be at Epcot. Yeah, and there's, there's got to be an Australian IP out there. Oh, Rescuers Down Under. Ah, oh, there it is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. there it is. We need more rescuers in the park for sure. Yeah. So is that the pitch? That's is the that pitch. it? It's great. Okay. Do 
you want to do yours? Because then there's some, I might be echoing some of Dustin's sentiments. So okay. So, okay, well, I'll do mine if you want. Because I've kind it. of got, I've got, I was debating between two. Pick the best one. They're both similar. They're similar. Like I was like, the Philippines, obviously, is uh-huh. one. Uh, and then the ride would be like a haunted, like a, a, like a, a swung, which is like the Filipino oh. vampires. Ooh. Right? But then, I mean, like the food, the Filipino food is great. But what tipped me over the edge to go the other way with this other one was because the stage show for Jamaica uh, with the history of music, history of Jamaican music would tip over because you could do a similar kind of ride with Jamaican, uh, with the Jamaican ghosts like the, uh, the Duppies. Okay. Uh, and you could do a similar kind of boat ride. Uh, you do a history of Jamaican music. You got all these, you got patties, beef patties, chicken patties, shrimp patties, veggie patties, patties for days. Patties for days. And then... And then uh, your drink, uh, you take it home in a col- uh, uh, ginger beer, in a homebrew ginger beer, in a in a collector mug. You're golden. <laughs> ginger beer in a collector mug. You know what I mean? It. And then uh, and then uh, uh, you have so you have that haunted ride. You have the scary ride, and then you have sort of a fun loving, more family one, where uh, you get into a bobsled. <laughs> yeah, man. You see where I'm going? Yep. Sanka, you dead? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> Right? So feel the rhythm. To me, feel the to, me, to me, Jamaica is more ripe than the Philippines for, for this situation. Although I would love to see a, a Filipino pavilion. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the Jamaican pavilion has uh, there's, I think it'd be a lot there's of just some stuff there that Disney uh, could tie into. No people All right, that's the pitch. So guys, so, so Disney, you've got three uh, pitches so far. Here comes, here comes the last one. To the great nation of Australia. <laughs> And uh, for me, the centerpiece of the um, of the land would be the Sydney Opera House, which would have a lot of shopping, a lot of uh, merchandise, some foods inside. We're going to have a restaurant. It's a counter service restaurant called Getting Vegged, and it features an assortment of uh, bush tusker salads, which is a lot of different Australian, native to Australian fruit. The Kwandong, which is like a native peach, the wattle seed, munchries. These are all these unique berries. And also it's going to have some of the most, uh, the, the finest deluxe Vegemite sandwiches <laughs> ever right there in, in our shopping and dining area. And then when you're ready to go and to the experience, you go to the other side of Australia, which is going to be the Outback side. And we have our out, Outback adventure, which starts with a friendly Jeep ride where you're, you're searching for some kangaroos, but then you're attacked by a pack of wild dingoes. And so, and the rabid wild dingoes, so it's dangerous. And then you speed away and you find sanctuary and you actually get out of your vehicle and you have a drink at Dundee's, which is a local watering hole, which will be sponsored by Foster's Lager. And then when you're prepared to leave, this is like, hey, I'm the, you talking. Really, you, you went yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you leave, you get on a, uh, a river cruise through what I like to call Crocodile Ridge, where you're going to encounter Salty, a legendary saltwater crocodile who measures seven feet long. This is going to be the craziest animatronic ever. And he attacks your cruiser and you escape and return to the mainland. So it's kind of a, a jungle cruise slash Kilimanjaro safari experience with a stop in the middle to have a drink and maybe relax. Very uh, tram tour yeah. Uh, universal um, and then in the outback section there's going to be our tableside grill restaurant which is called the the bush burger grill and it's going to feature all the again we we're like like dustin was talking about all the the meats and the uh steaks fresh seafood shrimps on the barbie and it's also going to feature a side counter service restaurant it's a burger joint 
Um, and it's going to have unique sandwiches and burgers made out of kangaroo, wallaby, and emu. Delicious. And then we have our signature beverage, which is called the Opera House. And essentially, it's the Opera House turned upside down, like a bowl. All right. And it's filled with a fruity ice blender drink, like a like a like a slushy blender drink of all these yeah. these Tusker berries. And then with a for the adults, you take a cold Foster's and dump it right in the top. And that's your our signature it's beverage. Kind of like a kakigori. Yeah, the Japanese um, ice cream dessert. Where in the middle oh, the it shaved has, ice? Yeah. I don't know what's in the middle, but uh, the shaved it's ice. It's usually thing. like red bean. And yeah. Like dessert. Stuff. This is just a little bit more like, figure like a pina colada with a beer in it. In, a, in, in, a, in, a, in an you opera house, you sold me, sir. And then, and then after, when you're done with the peanut, when you're done with the drink, you wash it out, you flip it over. It's a hat, the hat of the uh, the Sydney Opera House, and that is the Australian Pavilion. Uh, I petitioned to you at the Walt Disney Company. Imagineers gives a shout. Um, and now we just got to figure out how to integrate the uh, rescuers down under. I was thinking they're Crocodile drinking at Dundee. Dundee's. They're drinking at Dundee's, and they're having. Uh, well, Crocodile Dundee was. Is that the, a Disney movie? No, but apparently, um, 20th Century Fox has the distribution rights. So come on, they just is. bought it. There, there it is. you go. An animatronic Paul Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> throwing knives. That's no. Nice. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think uh, I think this is a good place to wrap things up. I think we had a good time. Uh, hey, friends and fans, if you want to comment on which pavilion you think is the best. Uh, which one that you'd like to see? Or if you have your own, maybe? Yeah, if you have your own pavilion, we'd love to hear about it. Maybe in the future we'll talk about how we can fix some of these pavilions before Disney does, which I'm sure they're going to be doing. Uh, we'd like to, again, if you like the show, please alert all your uh, theme park nerd friends and let them know about it. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on any fun. Uh, the music for We Like Theme Parks podcast was composed and provided by Mike Treblecock. Check him out at Mike's super cool website, MikeTreblecockMusic.com. And that's all, folks, and we'll see you real soon. Why? Because we like you. You know what? I want a patty right now. I'm hungry for a patty. All right, guys, that's it. We're going to wrap this up, head over to Jamaica, and grab ourselves a patty. We can go all the way to Jamaica for a patty? A Jamaican pavilion, son. All right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.